We are in a series called The Armor of God, and uh, it's not loungewear. Uh, and so we're talking about this idea that we're in a battle. And so uh, every week, I'm going to read the section of Scripture uh, again so that we kind of get the context. This morning, we're going to be kind of bouncing all over uh, the Bible. And the reason we're doing that is because we're covering a topic called righteousness, and we could literally have an eight-week series on righteousness. So what I'm doing is I'm cherry-picking kind of the best verses that give this, this overview concept of what it means to be a righteous uh, people. And so uh, if you want to follow in your, uh, uh, with your phones or if you actually have a, a, a dead tree Bible. Uh, You can open that up. Um, But we're in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And what Paul is doing is he's summing up the whole rest of the letter. So we're at the end of the letter to the uh, church in Ephesus. And, uh, And so he starts with this word, finally, because this is really what he wants the church to get. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord, and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And last week, if you didn't hear uh, last week's sermon, I would encourage you to uh, download it from the app or watch it online at livingspring.com or what have you because the, the, we talked about the belt of truth and that really kind of sets the tone for all the other pieces of armor. If you don't have uh, the... Bible calls it your loins girded or everything tightened up and in place with truth, then none of the other armor makes any difference. If you're walking around, right, right, I I like to say because if your belt's not on, your pants fall down, right? So like all loosey-goosey, if you're walking around all loosey-goosey with the truth, right, then you can't run, you can't fight, you can't do anything. You got your, all your clothes getting all tangled up and everything gets tangled up. So we want to start with the belt of truth. And so he says, put on the full armor of God to take your stand against the devil's schemes. And listen, this is what the, the, the main point I want to make this morning, or the, the concept I want us to steep in, is that you are in a battle. <laughs> I am in a battle. The enemy, and again, we we talked about the theology of Satan last week a little bit and all that. He's set up schemes in our culture to trip us up. You say, well, John, does that mean if I sin, I'm going to, you know, the devil's got my soul? No, 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 he doesn't have the power to do that. What he has the power to do is to make you ineffective and to make me ineffective. He would like nothing more than for you to not have your armor on, for you to take your walk of following Jesus lightly. You are in a full-on battle. This is not a game. It's not a test, okay? So we take our stand. We stand, okay? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against your spouse. It's not against your boss. It's not against that neighbor that plays his music too loud or my neighbor that I'm fairly certain he's running an illegal business out of his house. Anyway, uh, right? it's not against him. It's not against uh, your, your family of origin or your circumstances or anything. It's not against fl- f- flesh and blood, the Bible says, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That sounds kind of scary, doesn't it? Well, it is. <laughs> it's not against flesh and blood. It's a battle within our very souls, okay? 
So he says, therefore, put on the full armor of God. Prepare yourself. Take it seriously. Be ready. Stand up. Grow up. So that when the day of evil comes, because it's coming, it might be today, tomorrow, the next day, you might be in it right now, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. The Lord wants you to live in such a way that no matter what comes your way, you are ready to handle it. Imagine your life, that you're so prepared that you're so ready, you got your armor on that, no matter what comes, you can stand. Will you get wounded by people? Absolutely. Will you get disappointed? Absolutely. But you will stand. So then he goes on again. Just in case uh, you weren't clear on what you were supposed to do, he says it again, stand firm then, okay? So standing is uh, really important to Paul in Ephesians, right? Stand firm then. And here's what he says. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, and that was last week, we had the belt of truth buckled around our waist. That did a number of things for the warrior. It, it, it pulls up the tunic and, and ties it up so that, the, that uh, the warrior can move their legs, right? And then it also holds all these other things in place. And so it says, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, and this is what we're going to talk about this morning, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. The breastplate of righteousness. Now this breastplate on uh, one, the Roman uh, warriors would cover the front and the back of them because you know the enemy doesn't fight fair. <laughs> he, can, he can get you from behind, right? He can get you uh, when you're not looking. He can get you when it's unexpected. And so this is one of the reasons why the breastplate is so important to have on. And so, but what is a breastplate of, of righteousness? Well, just to give you a quick theology thing, uh, and, and, if, and if, if I mess up, Pastor Reed can give you much better. He's much smarter than me when it comes to this stuff. But I just want to give you a, a little theology on righteousness for all you theology geeks out there. And then we'll get to uh, like the people like me who need it more of like the third grade level. Um, there's a, a thing called imputed righteousness. When you come to faith in Jesus Christ, when you come and you give your life over to Jesus and you, you ask for forgiveness of your sins and he, you, you, you follow that call that he says to follow me, he, uh, he who knew no sin, right? He, he, he died on the cross. He became sin so that we might become what the Bible says, the righteousness of God. That's imputed righteousness. It's righteousness that no matter what your past is, when he looks at you, he sees a son or daughter. He sees righteousness. Now, we call that justification. And a fun way to think about justification, it's kind of corny, uh, it's, it's just if I've never sinned before. Just as if I've never sinned. Justification, right? And so that's kind of like... Um, like if you're, a, if you're a mom or dad, you have a, a child that's born into the family. So in my case, it's the written, my daughter is, well, not anymore. She left us for another man. Uh, so so she, uh, she's now Rogan, but, but we'll just say my son, Jesse, right? So my son, Jesse, is a written house. There's nothing you can do to make that go away. That's who he is. Now, if he wants, he could change his name, but that, that's who he is. That's justification. That's imputed righteousness. 
But there's another righteousness, and this is the righteousness that Paul is talking about because we put this righteousness on. And that is our daily walk with Jesus becoming more like him. That righteousness is called sanctification. So there's justification that happens just as if you've never sinned. That's salvation. That's how you can uh, spend eternity with God because he's paid your, the price. And then there's sanctification, and that's the daily working out of that. So in other words, if you were to use kind of the, my same metaphor with Jesse, I'd say, Jesse, you're a written house. Here's how you're supposed to act as a written house. We tell the truth. We do, you know, th these different things. This is exactly how it is with Jesus. So you are now a child of God. So now act like a child of God. Does that make sense? Okay, now. So we're in a battle. It's very serious. Uh, we are uh, uh, accepted by Christ uh, to be in this battle. We are his children. And so we have this breastplate of righteousness. And we must put it on. What the breastplate does is it protects you. Now let me, I have an example of another uh, breastplate up here that uh, I'll put on in a second. is a body armor, right? But that's what a breastplate was back in the day. It protected your vital organs. And here's one of the things that I want you to understand about righteousness that we often don't think. And when you think of righteousness, you often think of like right and wrong. And, and uh, it's kind of a bummer sometimes to be a follower of Jesus because you can't just do whatever you want, right? And so it becomes sometimes our righteousness becomes a heavy burden and it becomes uncomfortable and it becomes something that's kind of unwieldy, and we want to just take it off and be free. But if you do that with the breastplate of righteousness, you are going down. Your vital organs are exposed. Righteousness is here for our protection. It's not to bum your life out, to make it so you can't do the fun things you want to do and, you know, you wish you could say this and do that and watch that and experience this. And it's like, oh man, but I got this righteousness. It's so inconvenient. It saves your life. It saves your marriage. It saves your relationships. It saves your heart. Okay? So we're going to look back a little bit into Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4, because uh, Paul was talking about this idea of putting things on. Now Paul, in the book of Ephesians and Corinthians, he mixes all these metaphors. There's so many metaphors. One's a, you're an athlete, uh, then you're a soldier, um, then, you're, you're, you know, then there's like a, it's like a marriage, it's like this. But, but here's what he says in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. So what Paul has just done is he's, he's kind of described a life of sin, of carousing, of all these different things that you can get involved in that will end up hurting you, that will end up wounding you. And he says, that's not the way of life you learned in Christ. You learned a different thing. That once you were justified by faith in Christ, now you work out your salvation, right? So he says, be taught in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus Christ. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. So we, 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 put, we put off our old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Deceitful in that your sinful desires go, this is going to be awesome. And it never is. It always works out poorly. All right? 
to be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self created to be like God. Now hold on a second. Because think about this. Sometimes we go, we go through some of these verses and we got to slow down. Paul is telling the church in Ephesians that in this new life you are created to be like God. Like that doesn't sound, that sounds like, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't want to be like God. I didn't want to be like Jesus. Oh wait, okay, right? So here we go. In true righteousness and holiness. Your holiness, your righteousness is protection. I know it oftentimes doesn't feel that way. We have these weapons, we're going to look at them in a little bit, uh, of warfare that we have that we don't, they're not the weapons of the world. And so when, when, we, when we have this, this righteousness breastplate on, and it's on and it's uncomfortable, and we're like, I just want to take it off and get revenge. <laughs> I just want to take it off and not forgive. I just want to take it off and have some fun. When we do, our center mass, our vital organs are exposed. Here's what Proverbs says about that. Above all else, guard your heart. <laughs> guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. If we do not clothe ourselves in wear this armor of righteousness, of holiness, doing the most difficult thing when we don't want to, knowing what the wise thing is to do and to do it even when it's hard, Knowing to, for some of us, we have uh, things we dabble in every now and then, and we think if it's just a little bit, it'll be okay. And he says, just keep that armor on. Keep it on. Uh, it says this in uh, Psalm 13, 6. It says, righteousness guards the person of integrity, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. So let me show you, uh, there's two sets of body armor here. I'm going to uh, put this one on. Uh, to give you an idea of what it looks like to wear the breastplate of righteousness. This is so, you don't, I feel like I'm 12 years old. This is the coolest thing ever. It's a good thing. It's a good thing Lisa's working in the children's ministry because if she saw me in this, I wouldn't be held responsible if she'd come up here and just start hugging me. I don't even know. She might... She looks innocent. All right. So there it is. Now, imagine you're a police officer or you're in law enforcement or whatever, and uh, you go to somebody's house, and uh, like you know that there's a, a person in there that's uh, of interest, we'll say, right? And you, you get out of your car, or you come in, and you're just like, what did, what did this guy do again? Like, oh, yeah, he murdered a bunch of people at a liquor store. Oh, okay. You think he's still got his gun? Like you think, is he sorry? Maybe he's a, but I'm going to take this. This is kind of uncomfortable. I'm going to take this off and knock on the door and just ask him if we could just talk it, talk it through. Like maybe he'll come, maybe he'll come, uh, you know, without, without any, any, any problems. Maybe, maybe if we just say, please, and we, we, we could just do that. Cause I, man, I just, ah, it just itches, right? That would be stupid. <laughs> How much more? When you're dealing with an enemy that hates you more than you could possibly imagine, that wants your demise, when you fail, he's gleeful. He will lie to your face. 
He'll tell you all these lies about yourself, either to shame you or to puff you up or whatever. He is a stone-cold killer. And your righteousness and my holiness is there to protect me. It's there to protect me. And so if you, it's just as if a police officer goes to the door and goes, well, you know what? He's probably out of ammo. It should be fine, right? And he's like, are you in there? But, you know, can we talk? I'm taking off all my body armor. And he's like, yeah, no problem. Come on in, <laughs> you know? That's your enemy. It says he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, but resist him firm in your faith knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brothers and sisters who are in the world. I need this armor. Sometimes it's uncomfortable to do the right thing. Sometimes it's uncomfortable to wait on the Lord, that the thing that you want so badly isn't being provided for you right away. And so you just want to unclip it. I'm just going to make it a little easier for me this time. I'm just going to, I'll just put it in like, ah, oh, yeah, whew, that does make it a little nicer. And the enemy's like, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not even interested in you. It's okay. And you're like, oh, good. I'm going to, well, thanks. He said it was okay, so I can just do this. And I might not even be able to get out of this thing. That would be the, that would be, I'd have to go home with this. Okay. Anyway. Um, and so you're like, oh, man. Oh, so it breathes so much better. Whew, that feels so much better. And now I'm not as protected. Now I have an appearance of protection, but it's not. We have to, not only for ourselves, but for each other, put on that righteousness and that holiness every single morning, even when it's hot, even when it's hard, because we're going into battle tomorrow. We're in a battle right now. We cannot toy around with it. So I'm going to take this off just because. There we go. Now, let me tell you, what a lot of Christians have done over time, and uh, you might be experienced in this. Past generations, no offense, um, but a lot of Christianity was about appearance. And that, that breastplate of righteousness, they would have it all shined up. They would have it all, they'd come to church, oh, it's so shiny. And they would know exactly the right words to say. And they, they would have everything all set out. And you would go, and maybe you left the church uh, er, uh, earlier because of this. You'd, and you realize that, hey, wait a second. If, you're, if your breastplate of righteousness is all shiny, you haven't been in battle. See, I don't want to go into battle with people with shiny breastplates of righteousness. I don't want to go to battle with them. I want to go to battle with somebody who's got a breastplate that is charred, that's marred and scarred. Because I know they've gone through it. See, if you have a shiny uh, armor of God, a shiny breastplate of righteousness, it means that it's been off more than it's been on. Which means what probably happened is you've been wounded all underneath. But when you put it on, you look great. I don't want to go to battle with those people. I want a man or a woman next to me where I look over and I see this dent across there. And I go, what was that from? He said, the enemy tried to take my marriage. And I had to go through some really hard things in my life to, to do some deep work internally in myself to realize that I was part of the problem. 
what's, what's this over here? That's my family of origin. I had to get through some stuff because of trauma and because of some other things. But I, I made it through. I made it through. What's this? That's when I had to be honest at work. I wanted to take this thing off so bad and get that promotion, but the Lord said, keep it on, keep it on, and I did, and that's, that's what this is. I got a stab wound over here that the breastplate of righteousness caught. That was a 2016 election. No, I'm just kidding. That's a joke. That's a joke. We got another one coming up, you know. I don't know if you knew that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, can't, I can't wait. All right. Right? So that, that's the person I want to go to battle with. The person who's gone through it, that didn't take off their breastplate, that tells me stories about when it was hard, they kept it on. That when the battle and the fighting was furious and it was the hottest and it was like, man, I don't know if I was going to make it, but I kept going. That's who I want to, that's the church I want to lead. All right? Okay. Now I'm just preaching. All right, here we go. Check this out. 2 Corinthians uh, 10.3. For though we live in the world, okay, so this is, this is some practical stuff here, we do not wage war as the world does, okay? The world wages war through outrage, through anxiety, depression, unforgiveness, cancel culture. That's how they wage war. Remembering old things from the past and digging them back up, right? We don't wage war that way. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, right? On the contrary, and this is so cool, if you notice, uh, ah, I I wish he had just added a couple words in between because you could miss it real fast. Listen, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. In other words, what Paul, I wish he had said is, uh, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, which don't work. On the contrary, right? I don't know who told him to write it this way, but I guess he did. No, I'm just playing around. It's the Holy Spirit. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Your unforgiveness is not going to demolish a stronghold. It's going to create one. Your, your inability to let things go is going to create a stronghold. But forgiveness demolishes strongholds. Giving, serving, all these different things that God has empowered us to do, those demolish strongholds. On the contrary, we, and he says, we demolish, which is, uh, the Greek word there is, is, uh, is um, it's, it's catharsis, it's where we get our word catharsis from, which basically means the emptying of the bowels. I won't get into it, uh, and it's, it's not a, phys, a physiology class, but we demolish those arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against uh, the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. Remember, I, I preached on this v- verse many times, and uh, remember, when we say, see that we take captive every thought, it, you, you think of Jack Bauer from 24, you remember that? You take those thoughts, and you, 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 you sit them down in a chair, and you tie their hands behind their back, remember that? And you say, who are you working for, <laughs> right? Like Jack Bauer, uh, he's manlier than I am, but uh, you can imagine Okay, and so, and so that's what we do with our thoughts. See, when we have our breastplate of righteousness on, we have the freedom to go, what, what's going on inside? What, 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 where did that thought come from? That wasn't the Holy Spirit. That wasn't my Heavenly Father telling me what to do. Where, where did that come from? Well, we have these weapons that demolish those things, demolish these strongholds. If you're living your life 
this week and you notice that you are finding yourself in outrage a lot over whatever it is. Maybe it is the coming election. Maybe it's what's happening in some other country. Whatever it is, there's something wrong. You're exposed. Your breastplate's off. And now your heart's showing. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. He's, what he's saying here is, we are taking this stuff seriously. We are in a battle. We're in a fight for our very soul. And to the extent that you keep your armor on and I keep my armor on, then the body of Christ becomes what it's supposed to be, victorious, and the gates of hell will not stand up against it. But if we walk around with no armor and we just take it whatever and our belt of truth is down and everything's flying around, we're going to get crushed. Here's, here's what he says to Timothy. Timothy was a, a young pastor uh, actually in, this, uh, in the town of Ephesus. And he's trying to tell him, dude, you've got to take this stuff seriously, man. You've you got to take it serious. You've got to take your faith seriously. He says, no soldier in active service, which is what you and I are in right now. We're in active service. We're on duty. When you go to work tomorrow, you are on call. <laughs> you're, you're, on, you're, in, you're on duty tomorrow. When you get home and you're talking to your spouse about how wonderful the sermon was, you are on duty, okay? I know that's what you guys do. No, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. In other words, stop messing around. Stop fiddling with stuff you, have, you know you have no business doing. The enemy will lie to you and tell you, it'll, it'll be okay. It's just a little bit. That's all right. You can watch that. That's not a big deal. Uh, it could be a lot worse, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can watch it. You can read that. You can talk about that. Oh, you're with your buddies? Okay, that's, that's fine. That's cool. Then, as long as you're with your buddies, as long as they understand. No, no, no. You're in active service. Uh, so so it's, it's time <laughs> for some of us. It's time to take this stuff seriously. It's not a game. Right? He says in to, to the church in Rome, the same exact same thing. I told you we'd be bouncing around, but it's good. I'm a professional. Romans 13, 11. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Like it, we know better now. It's time to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we had first believed right? The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light, right? Let us behave decently, he says, as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness and sexual immorality and debauchery, right? So we think of those as like big, big ones. But look what he goes on to say, and not in dissension. In other words, you just spend your whole day arguing about stuff, or jealousy, or pride, or gossip. Rather, clothe yourself with the Lord. Again, I told you we'd be going over a lot of different metaphors, right? Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Again, you have an amazing piece of protection in righteousness and holiness. I know for a, a lot of you, and myself included, 
it's, it's hard to put this thing on every day. And, and, and as our life, maybe if we have a season of ease, a season of uh, comfort, and everything's kind of going well, we just say, you know what? I'm, I'm good for a little bit. I'm, I'm good for a little bit. And the enemy has got his field glasses, <laughs> and he's like, ooh, I got one. I got one. We walk around, totally exposed, and then, bam, it gets us. We get that notice in the mail. We get that doctor's diagnosis. And we go, I can't, I'm done. I can't. You can't put it on now. <laughs> right? And so every day, every day. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reread. Uh, I, I want to do this each week to kind of go back to the text again to reread it uh, as the worship band comes back up. Again, in that context, to think about the fact that you're in a war. Think about the fact that the person behind that door is a stone-cold killer. That tomorrow, you don't know what's happening tomorrow. You think tomorrow's going to be a great day because yesterday was a great day, and it's, it's all going to be fine. And so the armor doesn't go on. Your defenses are down, and that stone-cold killer shoots through the door, right? Finally... Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. He's scheming for you. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not our circumstances. It's not where we are socioeconomically or racially or culturally. It's not those things. That's not our struggle. It's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. All of it. Every last piece. So that when the day of evil comes, because it's coming, it's coming, you will be attacked, you may be able to stand your ground. And after having done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with that belt of truth around your waist. And then once you know that truth, act on it with the breastplate of righteousness in place. We're going to take a, a few minutes as Tanner uh, plays this last song. And we open up the stage. We call it the altar, but we open up the altar. If you want to come and just kneel, I, I like to do that. Uh, every Sunday, I just kind of walk down the steps and turn around and kneel. It just, it just kind of gives me a recentering for my week that's coming up and just allows me to be in a posture of humility, uh, humility to say, Lord, this is how I want to start my week, just on my knees. Um, but you might have something you're going through that you want prayer for or whatever, and you just want to pray here. We'll have a couple people at the uh, cross. So if you would like to just tell somebody briefly, like, hey, I... I just really need prayer. My, my, my kids are going to do this or whatever it is. And they'll just lay hands on you and, and pray for you. And then once we're done with that song and kind of finished up, then I'll come back up and bless us so we can get out of here. Lord Jesus, oh Lord, thank you so much for modeling righteousness, modeling holiness, pulling no punches that it's hard to do. It is hard to do. And yet, you who knew no sin 
became sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. We thank you for that, Lord. During this time of reflection, we just pray that we'd hear your voice in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, before, uh, before we close up, I wanted to make one other point. Um, these breastplates of righteousness would be custom made. They would be form-fitted, because as you can imagine, different warriors of different uh, things they need to do. Some are on a horse, some are walking around, some are, and you got different body types. You know. Listen, listen. Your breastplate of righteousness is for you, not for your next door neighbor, not for the person at work. It is yours. And so, the reason I'm telling you this, the Lord might call you to something, to lay something down in your life, or to pick something up that you look around and you think, well, no one else is doing it. it doesn't, that's not their breastplate. <laughs> it's yours. So the Lord might have spoken to some of you during this time, or maybe when you get in your car, or you're going in, and, and all of a sudden it pops into your mind, hey, you know what? For you, it's not okay. And you don't have to worry about anybody else. It's just yours. It might be a substance. It might be a show. It might be some people you're hanging out with. I don't know. It's custom fit for you. <laughs> I know what my, my, mine is. So let's go ahead and stand for the blessing. <laughs> now in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray you would go in His strength, in His peace, and in His protection. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.